0: This is Karen Kelly and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests and the occasional celebrity guest. So my guest today is Alex McCann, and he's the founder of Ultragum Headquarters, a social media management and training company. So welcome to the show, Alex.
1: Oh, welcome. Thanks for having us.
0: This is an amazing profile that you have. So some of your clients include the BBC, Manchester City, my son would love to chat to you, <laughs> the NHS, Selfridges. Costa Coffee, United Utilities, the University of Manchester, the Arndale Centre, and you've been ranked number one for social media marketing in the UK via customer b- reviews on, on Free Index. So that's incredible. Well done. Congratulations.
1: No, it's it's good. I mean, when people read these intros, it always sounds, is that me? But it is. I know. It's yeah, you feel
0: amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Altingham headquarters. When did it all begin? Yeah. You know, how did it all begin?
1: Yeah, so I've, I've had like a 21-year career in marketing, but Ultimate HQ started in 2009. So right. initially almost started, you know like side hustles are fashionable now? It start, started as a side hustle at the time. I'd been a journalist for about seven, eight years, and then I'd set up an events company. So I was running an events company actually in 2009 in the Northern Quarter. In Manchester, putting on live music, putting on bands like the 1975 Catfish and the Bottom and in the very early days. At the time, I maybe I sensed I was getting older and wanted something a bit more sensible. Yeah. Um, so I'd say, I'd, I was just looking around the businesses, basically in the northern quarter and thinking, you're modern, you're using social media every day, you're promoting your business via that. And yet I was coming back on the tram to Altringham, which is about eight miles outside the city centre. And I was thinking it was very traditional in the time in 2009. So a business would open. They would send a press release to the local newspaper that then would take six to eight weeks to actually print it. So by the time they said a new business has opened, they'd been open for six to eight weeks.
0: Yeah, gosh.
1: And I was like, let's just start this community account initially, which was designed, hence a name, to promote all things Altrincham. And... As you saw from the CV at the intro, it's kind of developed from just altering them to a bit further afield from then.
0: It's amazing. It really is. So you manage marketing campaigns for businesses yeah. and you offer social media training and social media marketing packages. I mean, I'm not savvy at all. I just do the <laughs> basics. And I know there's a whole world behind the level that I'm at. So what kind, what's, the, what's involved with the training?
1: Yeah, So the, the training's generally half a day. So it can be a morning or an afternoon. And usually businesses come to me simply because they're struggling in some way. It's very, very rare, actually, someone comes to us and doesn't know anything about social media. Like you said, you know the basics. So people come to me and they want to sort of go from average to great. That's kind of where they want to go. So they want to go from, say, a five out of 10 to an eight or nine out of 10. And what we do is we look at all aspects of the marketing across the whole, whole platforms, whether that be Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, blogging. and We actually think about it strategically. So what do you want to get out of social um, and what do you need to do to make that happen? Usually the top line is like they want more sales. But there's things that need to happen before that till they actually get sales. So it might be the content's not good enough. It might be that they're not spending enough time on it or maybe they're spending too much time on it and not doing the right things. so there's so many aspects we can look at we what we do is we give a survey actually at the beginning of a training session just while we're booking it and it has eight points of areas that you need to improve on and then we do the same survey at the end of the training to check they've actually improved and usually yeah they go three or four points higher than out of 10 on each of the sections so it really does help them
0: yeah but the training is it just for linkedin and twitter or is it for all of them
1: It's for all of them. So we we cover, yeah, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and blogging. We don't cover TikTok. We don't cover Snapchat. um, Just because I don't like to train in things that you can't prove the ROI on, like the return on investment. And I don't think TikTok's so, well, it's not really that new anymore. But I think for a lot of businesses, it's not where they should be spending the time. And uh, then Snapchat, again, it's, it's really hard to build an audience on there for a lot of adult businesses.
0: Yeah. And what's involved with your actual packages?
1: Yeah. So we've we've got the two sides. We've got the training, which we just talked about. Yeah. And we've we've got the management side of things, which is us actually doing the social media for someone. So traditionally, they tend to be more than one-man bands. So they might be restaurants or charities or tradesmen. um, Oh, the the whole range of businesses, basically, professional services. And it's for those business owners or, or teams without the, the time or the inclination. yeah. So if you hand it over to us, we do it for them. They, they for have them. to provide a certain amount of content in terms of photos, um, keep us updated what's going on in the business, but we're doing the day-to-day social media management and thinking, why are you doing this? And, and then implementing it.
0: Yeah, I would love to be an eight out of 10. I think I might be a three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I kind of put the same sort of thing out, and I think, right, this week I'm going to do something a bit different. I'm going to prepare yeah. a video maybe. But then the, yeah. the week goes away with me I end up posting similar kind of things. Different guests, obviously, and different clients. Um, yeah. But it's easy to fall into a, a trap, isn't it, and fall into that pattern.
1: It's, it's so easy. It's like, I mean, we're guilty of it sometimes, like falling into the same trap. But we, we quite easily pull ourselves out and switch yeah. off like we. If we notice we're doing it, we can notice in like a week or two weeks that we're just sort of not putting out the right material. Whereas I think a lot of businesses, it's not one or two weeks, it's one or two years. And then they realise they're not getting the results.
0: Yeah, that's it. Because like I say, it's not the quantity, it's quality, isn't it? With everything, with everything. Yeah. OK, so how many social media platforms are there? Because I know there's some out there that I don't even know about. We've yeah. <laughs> so oh, got the basics, haven't we? We've got Facebook, yeah. LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and yeah. I was, I'm not sure we count Snapchat because it's I think it's a. think of that as a kid's kind of channel really. Yeah, it's a
1: messaging platform more than a social platform oh there's so many there's I mean there's the, the ones that you would have heard of like Pinterest is sort of is it a social media platform is it a search engine and you've got the thing is you've got all these platforms coming out of the time if you, if you ask me how many is there I probably won't be able to give a straight straight answer because there's always a new one developing a new one coming and out. coming out that everyone touts as the next big thing yeah and then never really takes off so I think even though there are more platforms than the basics you don't really need to focus on all these there's lots of ones out in China and, and Asia and so on that aren't really taken over here so I would just say focus on the basics I mean most businesses can't even manage those five or six yeah, platforms. Yeah, there's anyway. a lot,
0: isn't there? I and mean, that was going to be my next question. Should we be on them all? And it depends, I guess, what sort of business you've got as well and what age group. That must make a big yeah. difference.
1: Yeah, age group, demographics, your time you've actually got is the main thing, probably. So, no, you shouldn't be on all of them. I think what I always say to clients is find the sort of two platforms that are most relevant to your business and your customers. So, for a lot of professional services businesses, they tend to go down that, oh, I'll do LinkedIn and Twitter route. And then for a lot of B2C businesses, they tend to find, oh, we'll go down the Facebook and Instagram route. Because you've got to think most small businesses, most owner managed businesses have got to actually serve their clients and run a business as well yeah. as doing their own marketing. So if you're doing going to try and do everything, you're going to stretch yourself too thin.
0: Yeah. I mean, LinkedIn is definitely more businessy, isn't it? Even though I've noticed it's getting a little bit more like Facebook now, more images and videos and things like that. So it is changing slightly, isn't it? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think LinkedIn is trying to, they're they're launching a creator fund at the moment to try and attract those more visual-based businesses that do photos and videos and have a bit of personality. And I think it's, it's definitely been shifting that route maybe since 2017 2018 it's been progressively just going and yeah as you said some people say more like Facebook I'll just say more interesting basically.
0: Yeah definitely and Instagram um, I was frightened of it at first in fact I'm frightened of all of them really Um, but Instagram is definitely more a younger kind of youth as I personally think it is but then obviously for business it's good to have an Instagram account isn't it?
1: I think Instagram used to be you. I don't think it necessarily is you. When I look at my stats, I've got about nearly 6,000 people that follow me on Instagram. And when I actually look at the age demographics of them, actually the biggest age demographic for my following is is 35 years old to 44. And the second one is the one beneath it, so uh, 25 to about 33. But you see, I'm older than you,
0: so I'm thinking that (laughs) 35 to 44 is young (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and some of the guests I've had on my shows or clients are in maybe my bracket and yeah. you know a few of them say well, I've not got an Instagram account because maybe they're thinking on that wavelength it's maybe for the younger generation maybe 35 to 44 we think that as the younger generation yeah
1: maybe I think I think when I say younger and you hear Instagram you assume it used to be a teenagers platform like yeah you're thinking it's
0: teens and 20s aren't you yeah definitely well,
1: I think they, they've matured and it's, a, it's it's my age now so. <laughs>
0: And what age is that,
1: Alex? I'm, I'm 43.
0: Oh, you're so. a baby. You're a baby. <laughs> I wish I was 43. So which, which um, platforms do you think are the hardest to grasp for businesses?
1: I think the one that businesses really struggle with is Twitter. I Twitter. love Twitter, but I think a lot of businesses struggle with the brevity. Of yeah, the I do. I do, actually. It's only is 280 characters in a tweet, which... I think it's long enough. I remember the days. It's it not long
0: enough. No, technology. I ramble
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, Twitter with a brevity and also the noise, because it's a really like it's yeah, it's a really noisy platform, a busy platform. So I think that's the one businesses struggle with. And when I look at how popular my courses are, Twitter is definitely the least popular at the moment. Whereas if you'd have looked at 2012, 2013, it was one of the most popular ones that did. Um, And what else do people struggle with um i actually think in terms of generating sales instagram is something that people struggle with they they don't struggle with getting putting a photo on there they don't struggle with making the feed look nice or struggle with getting likes on the post but they actually when they come to me and say have you got any sales from it and most of them go no No. i spend hours on it and i've got no sales so i think instagram's a, a struggle point for a lot of people
0: yeah because i think with instagram you get lots of likes and maybe people trying to sell you something on private messages, but it's trying to get people to engage, isn't it? Lots of people engaging. Like I say, it's all down to content. And uh, just going back to Twitter, what do people use Twitter for then generally? Because normally you see a one-liner, oh, so-and-so has been on the news today, or, you know, I'm not really sure if it's a, is it a selling platform?
1: You still get business out of Twitter. So I think as long as you it's just about that short, condensed message. So, you, Twitter is almost like a real-time feed of what your day is. So, like for instance, Facebook. I've had eggs for breakfast, or. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I do post pictures on there, but no, it is. It's like you can post a lot more. So I would say it's like micro moments. So yeah. if you think what if you think what I do now every day, I might do a thing like this, a podcast. I, I might do a training session. Um, I might listen to a podcast, I might read a blog, I might read an article. Those are all micro moments I can talk about on Twitter, whereas you feel like on Instagram or on Facebook or on LinkedIn, if you did five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten updates a day, you'd feel like you're really bombarding people, but it doesn't feel like that on Twitter
0: no it doesn't doesn't it maybe i need to address that and look at that a bit differently because i use a scheduling platform i use later.com because i find that saves me time i mean i'll still dabble in and out but then i'm putting the same post out across all platforms and that includes yeah. twitter which is naughty <laughs> really isn't it it's a bit
1: naughty scheduling is absolutely fine but putting the same content on every platform yeah that is a bit it's
0: naughty, it's naughty <laughs> isn't it I, I really do need to maybe do one of your training <laughs> training <laughs> programs Okay then, let's talk about um, Facebook, because aren't Facebook and Instagram connected?
1: Yeah, Facebook basically bought Instagram, I can't remember what year now, but it's years ago, and yeah, they're connected, essentially, it's the same company.
0: Yeah, and is it true that obviously you have one main page, don't you, when you have an account, and then you have different pages off it, so say for example, people will say, I've got a business page, but only 8% of those posts get seen. I put things on my private page and then post them onto my business page. Isn't that kind of missing the point there? And yeah, is that true? So is it true?
1: No, you, you, a percentage of your audience, so my Ultra HQ business page, which is what I market my business on, um, yeah, a, a smaller percentage see that than the total number of people that, uh, that follow your page. And then I've got Alex McCann, which is my personal profile, which is mainly for friends and family. To be fair, yeah. So I, I very rarely talk about work on my personal profile unless there's a massive highlight. I've won an award or something amazing's happening, because I think there's two separate worlds, are two different sides of the same coin. Um, but yeah, your business pages, what a lot of people complain about on Facebook is the algorithm. You might hear the algorithm mentioned a lot and how your posts aren't being seen.
0: And that That's is it, quite yeah, that was it, only 8% are being seen, so the
1: rumour goes. Yeah, so what that, essentially, lots of people blame the algorithm. When people actually sit down with me, I usually look at the person and go, well, you've been posting exactly the same thing for two years. That's why people are bored and only 8% of people are seeing it, because you generally get your content good. It's just like, yeah, content, they, they said this phrase, content is king, and it's true. It's like, imagine if, say, for instance... John Lewis every single Christmas did the same advert rather than yeah, it story. tedious. Yeah. You get yeah. tedious. And that's that's most people's Facebook pages. They've been doing whether it's exactly the same piece of content or whether it is um very similar content, boredom. Yeah. People go on to yeah. Facebook to be excited.
0: Yeah, true, true. Me too, me too. Okay, so how often should we be posting and what should we be posting?
1: Good question. So to, first off, how often should you be posting? as often as you have quality content is is the sort of how long is a piece of string answer. It's it's different for every business. So I generally on most platforms will post at least once a day. You've got to get the balance right between quality and quantity. Now, if you've got three or four quality things to post a day, go for it. But if you're just posting just for the sake of being visible three or four times a day, there's no point in doing it. Like, um, You're just going to bore people. You're just going to annoy people. You don't need to go live on Facebook every day. I I know I think that's maybe one of your questions that might be coming up. No, you don't need to put your face on camera and go live every day if you've got nothing to say. Um, It's like, yeah, so I generally post once a day. um, But if there's more than one thing that's interesting that day, I will spread it out throughout the day. So I might post in the morning. I might post at lunchtime. I might post early evening. I might post... um, eight nine o'clock in the evening I don't just post like yeah eight o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock eleven o'clock I spread it out throughout the day
0: yeah yeah so let's go back to lives then because I know that it is great for visibility isn't it I mean I've I do one live a week and I think it's more of a confidence thing I can talk from an MP to a stay-at-home working mum and I'm not phased at all but to press that live button I'm shaking, I'm sweating under the armpits. It takes me a long time to build up to do it. It does. And I do it once a week. Any tips on lives?
1: Yeah, lives an interesting one. As you said, there's a fear factor because when you do a live, yeah. what you're really thinking is, are people going to turn up? That's your main worry. Like, what if no one turns up? And I always say to people, well, it just depends on the day. There might be so many different things on that day. There might be an expo or a conference or a reason that people, a networking event a reason yeah. that people haven't turned up and actually what you find generally on lives is most people are going to watch it on the replay anyway because it saved exactly. down to your page. Yeah. Um, but yeah I mean I generally the question I ask when I go live is well why am I going live is, is it because I want an interactive element to it because if there isn't an interactive element in terms of people asking questions from you yeah. if you're just going on there to do a, a monologue so to speak, I would just pre-record that and then just put it out there. Yeah. Because as I said, most people watch it on the replay. So yeah, is there an interactive element? Is it likely to grab people's attention in the short term? Because what you do when you go live is you're expecting people to stop what they're doing. That, that's yeah, the thing that might be are busy like in. you
0: say, aren't they? Yeah,
1: so I, I don't think, I think just focus on why you're doing it, focus on what levels of interaction they are, try and maybe get some friends to come on, like to just give you that confidence <laughs> boost to start yeah, with. Yeah, just tell that's them a good idea. Yeah. And then um, when you sort of go, has anyone got any questions? Maybe have some questions pre-prepared in your head and say, well, actually, just while you're asking for some, while we're waiting for some questions, these are questions that a few people ask normally. Yeah, okay. Usually, like you think about face-to-face, people don't like to be the first person to put the hand up, but usually once one person does, the rest, yeah, the, the rest,
0: the rest starts, follow, don't they? OK, then. So my next question is, how should we plan our social media week? And the reason I ask is because there is certain times of the day that are better for businesses to post. And how how do we know? How do we know that time?
1: So the, the, how you know your time generally is the platforms have inbuilt insights. You'll have Facebook insights, Instagram insights, Twitter analytics, less so and same with LinkedIn. But the, a lot of the Facebook and Instagram will tell you when your audience are online. So that is generally when you would post. And quite often on those two platforms, it tends to be in the evening. It tends to be once they've got home, they've maybe put the kids to bed yeah, they're watching and watching TV strange. and they're looking at Facebook.
0: scrolling. So TV. that is
1: how you plan when to post. Um, what to post is another question. So the what to post is probably what I would suggest to people when we go through this in training. Think of four or five things that you want to be known for. And we call them content. I'm making notes. notes. (laughs) (laughs) So you basically have content pillars of things that you want to be known for. And that is, you keep coming back to those pillars. You have lots of ideas beneath them, but you keep coming back to those four or five pillars and subjects you want to be known for. And then you produce content around those. So again, things that we do is we do idea generation sessions in training as well. So where we literally sit down with um, a client and spend just 10 minutes having what we call a brain dump session where you come up with all the wacky ideas in your head, start to put them under your content pillars. And then we discuss which are the good ideas, which maybe aren't so good. And which to get rid of. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> which then implement
1: to them one, Implement them one by one. That, that's basically what you do. You, can't do. you can't do 20 ideas at once, but you can start introducing one new idea a week. And then it's looking at the data to see what works. Right, okay.
0: Okay, so let's move on to reels. So for our listeners that maybe don't know what they are, explain exactly what a reel is. Is this just Instagram?
1: So yeah, Instagram reels are basically the feature that Instagram nicked from TikTok. Okay. So, they, so they're, they're, they're usually fairly short. Snappy, engaging, interesting—what we call snackable content. So it's it's short-form content. Usually, I personally—now, if I'm honest, I personally don't like reels. I I, I think they all look the same, and I, I think they're a bit. What's the word I'm I'm looking for? I, I The words have escaped me, but I just find them a bit cringy. If I'm honest. Yeah, I
0: know but what you mean. I know what you mean. And when I first started seeing them, I thought, "Oh." Oh, and then I think someone said you need to do reels, and I'm thinking I wouldn't know where to start. Is there a reels button then on Instagram? And that's
1: yeah, you know. there's a reels button <laughs> yes. where you can watch them right around the center bottom of the Instagram app. And then where you upload a reel, it's the same place. You like you click the plus button, you upload your feed-based photos, your stories, or your, or your reel. I, I can see the appeal of reels. I did one yesterday. I very rarely do them, but there was like a there's some research done. It's like which platform from tiktok to instagram reels reaches the most new followers or the most the biggest audience and it was hootsuite a tool yes, like later heard of HootSuite, yeah um they found that tiktok by far blew instagram reels out the water so i did a video on that a short video talking head to camera and yeah i can see the appeal because when I look at how many people watched it there was something like one and a half thousand people that have watched this video within 24 hours. And the, yeah, when you look at the numbers, you think that's amazing. But they do but work. They're, looking,
0: they're the rage, aren't they? Oh, I might look but into got, that then.
1: Yeah, but got seen. But actually, compared to my normal photo based um, Instagram post, I normally get more comments and likes on the photo based post than the real.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it's interesting
1: to look at the metrics.
0: So basically, Instagram help you with when they're pointing at words and stuff like that. That's all built into Instagram. You can, you can create your own video via Instagram.
1: Yeah, so you, you film it, you do the pointing at words, and then you put the text on after you point it. So you've got to guess. It's almost like you've got a green screen and you're guessing yes, where the yeah. point is, and then you fill the blanks in afterwards.
0: Oh, I'm going to have a go at that then. I'll probably make a complete <laughs> mess of it, but watch the space. Okay, then, so moving on to Clubhouse. Now, I have a Clubhouse account, if that's what you call it. Never really engaged properly. I'm frightened to death of it. I don't know what to do. And I've pressed it many times by accident. I thought, oh, my goodness, oh my goodness, I'm in a conversation and I've left quietly.
1: So talk yeah. us through Clubhouse. How does it work? What is it? Yeah, so Clubhouse kind of became all the rage um, probably about January this year. So January 2021. And to be fair, I haven't used it after March this year, but it was one of those platforms that everyone got obsessed with. It's audio first.
0: And it's, so it's connected to Instagram, is that
1: right? No, no, come oh, no but it, it, it links back to Instagram and it links back to Twitter and the two platforms it links back to, but it's, it's, it's an independent platform. Okay. Um, and essentially it's audio first, so it's like a live podcast. So yeah. if you've got a theory of showing, I, sh- I live should
0: engage or, in it then, really. <laughs> yeah,
1: so for, for audio, I, I, there's benefits of it, like I love the intimacy of voice. Yes. But yeah. the thing is, you think about your podcast... We're recording it now, and you're going to probably edit out the blips and so on like yeah. that. And it's perfect, and you get the, the half hour of perfection. Yeah. Whereas on podcast, on, on Clubhouse, you get the, the half an hour of gems, but then probably 20 minutes of waffle. So yeah. it's kind of yeah. like, it's not, for me, the reason I stopped using it in March, and a lot of people stopped using it in March, is it wasn't good use of time.
0: No, and are you going to get sales from
1: using that? get sales from it if you spend lots of time on it like you do anything else like yeah True. if you were spending an hour a day on Clubhouse, you could probably generate sales from it but has the average business only got an extra hour in the day alongside yeah. facebook and, Instagram and twitter and linkedin to do it probably not no
0: it's, it's all so down to all... time again isn't it so let's quickly just talk about your journalism life what was that like because you were a former journalist i know you mentioned it at the start of the podcast tell yeah. us all about your journalism world
1: Oh, it was fun, I loved it. Um, yeah, 1999, set up a music website in Manchester, my own website. Um, first blog got read by just 17 people, so one seven <laughs> um, Literally within three months, we're having 10,000 readers a week. Wow. Um, we- yeah, it's amazing. We- went to write for the likes of the BBC, some rock magazines, publications out in America. Got to interview lots of rock and roll stars. So anyone was bi- anyone who was big between about 1999 and 2007, I pretty much interviewed, so music. So Oasis go. then? No, the Oasis weren't big then. Well, they sort of they, they, they reached a peak and they're on the way out. They were probably too big for me then.
0: Okay. I interviewed
1: a lot of bands on the way up. So, um, yeah, Scissor Sisters, My Chemical Romance, Paramore. And then sort of nostalgic bands. We interviewed Bill Wyman from The Stones, The Temptations, Run DMC. Black Eyed Peas went before they were famous and were coming up and... Yeah, loads of, like, it was just a fun lifestyle, like, like you do on your podcast, getting to meet new people, isn't it? And just, like, getting them to talk, it's great.
0: And also, you've also brushed on it before as well at the start, um, arranging quite large events, the events company.
1: Yeah, so we we simply, again, a lot of things I fall into by accident. So my very first event was to simply celebrate five years of the music website I was running at the time. And it went so well. It was like a Tuesday night in Manchester and it sold out 250 people initially. So I was like, one, this is good and exciting. Two, I get to help local artists and local bands. And three, I can make some money out of it. So I kept continuing. I just started with once a month at the time. Then it went to about six a month. We put on a large 15,000 capacity festival in Manchester, including an outdoor stage in Piccadilly Garden. So when we're doing it, this was like, no one, had, no one was doing large-scale festivals in Manchester. Obviously Parklife came after it, but yeah, there yeah. was no one that was doing, like putting a stage up in Piccadilly Gardens, having multiple venues in the northern quarter. So I think on, when we got to this really large event, I think we had something like 14, 15 venues, which from a management's perspective was absolutely mental. Um, but actually, it was really exciting. So we had athlete in middle of Piccadilly Gardens. We had Reverend Reverend and the Makers. We had Catfish and the Bottlemen. On a separate gig, I had the nine the band that became the 1975. Um That's oh yeah, we've got some cool bands though. It was really good. And then to see them sort of making it. I mean, we've had people yeah. that played. We put on teenage gigs as well. People that were teenagers. What in two thousand seven, eight, and nine that have now gone on to write with the likes of like, Ellie Golding and stuff like that, and some wow. quite big names. So yeah. um, it, it was fun and exciting, but again, got too old for it, so. Uh,
0: well, I was gonna say, do you not miss it? Would you go back to ever doing events again?
1: I don't, you know what? I don't think I would, because I've been there, I've done it, I excited, it wouldn't top what I did in, in the past. And now I think I enjoy going to the events, and enjoying it as a punter so I know yeah, walking go away to about, yeah <laughs> I go to 10, 10 gigs a month and it's fun it's, it, I go with friends and um, I don't have to worry about if anyone's going to turn up or or if something's going to go wrong uh, it's, it's nice
0: oh that's wonderful oh it's been great talking to you but before we go any quick tips you can share with us
1: yeah um firstly understand your why Don't be on social media just because someone like me has told you to be on social media. Go on there because you've got an objective you want to go out and actually smart goals. So set smart goals. Like if you want to increase your sales, how much you want to increase them by and by when. So have a time date on there. Really focus on your content. You might have heard the phrase content is king. Yeah, it's true. Make sure if your content pops, your audience is going to engage it and you're going to generate sales and free Keep innovating. Don't keep doing the same thing week by week, month by month, year by year, because I I can guarantee 90 percent of the people are listening to this podcast are probably doing the same things now that they're doing a year ago and two years ago. So it up, change it, try new things. Um, 20 percent of your time should be experimenting, just trying ideas. Some of them will fail. Some of them will fly and they'll be the best ideas you've ever come up with.
0: Brilliant. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Oh, it's been great talking to you. Congratulations on everything that you do with Aldium Headquarters, and I'm sure our paths will cross again in the future.
1: Oh, thanks for having us.
0: You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages, or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to carolyndakelly at btinternet.com.